Like many others, I was saddened and horrified to follow the trial of Lucy Letby, the British nurse who was found guilty of murdering at least seven babies and attempting to murder at least another six babies in her care in 2015 and 2016. She is now known as the most prolific serial killer of children in the whole of British history, and her crimes are shocking. Yes, because the murder of children is one of the most despicable acts someone can do, but also because female serial killers are quite rare. Or are they? In this episode of Doing It to Death, we're going to delve further into some of the female serial killers and how they've been depicted in stories and pop culture. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? So let's begin by asking what qualifies someone as being a serial killer as opposed to, say, a mass murderer. While there are many theories and definitions about what makes someone a serial killer, an FBI symposium that ran over five days in 2005 and brought together 135 experts on serial murder came up with the following. A serial murder is the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offender or offenders in separate events. While as recently as 1998, FBI profiler Roy Hazelwood is reported as saying, there are no female serial killers. Elizabeth Bathory was a Hungarian countess who lived between 1560 and 1614 and is listed in Guinness World Records as being the most prolific female murderer, with the number of victims rumoured to be 650, although this has never been proven. Elizabeth, Bath- Elizabeth Bathory's family ruled Transylvania and folklore and gossip about her bathing in the blood of virgins as a way to retain her youth have led some people to speculate that she was the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula, although, again, there's no actual proof of this. In fact, some believe the allegations against Elizabeth Bathory were politically motivated and a way to gain control of the vast amounts of land and wealth she controlled. In any event, four of her servants, who were convicted of assisting her, were executed, and she was imprisoned until she died at the age of 54. She was the basis of a number of stories during the 18th and 19th centuries, and was sometimes called the Blood Countess 
and Countess Dracula. As recently as 1982, the English heavy metal band Venom recorded a song about Countess Bathory. People who say that Lucy Letby is the most prolific serial killer of children in British history have obviously never heard of Amelia Dyer, who was born in 1837 during the Victorian era. Amelia Dyer was also a trained nurse and was involved in the practice of baby farming, which was widespread in England during the time and involved women paying people to adopt and care for their unwanted and usually illegitimate babies. It's alleged that Amelia Dyer would take the babies and the money and then kill the babies once the mothers had left. The number of babies she killed is unknown. Six bodies were discovered, but she was only found guilty of one count of murder, as that was sufficient for a death sentence to be imposed. It's speculated that her victims may have numbered in the hundreds over decades, whilst she continued to move location and used a number of aliases. Following her execution in 1896, the practice of baby farming was abolished and stricter child protection laws introduced in Britain. Amelia Dyer became known as the Ogress of Reading, and a popular ballad at the time was written about her, which went, The old baby farmer, the wretched Miss Dyer, at the old bailey her wages is paid. In times long ago, we'd have made a big fire and roasted so nicely that wicked old jade. Madame Delphine Lalaurie has developed an infamous reputation for the torture and murder of numerous slaves in her home in New Orleans in the 1800s. She was portrayed by Kathy Bates in the American Horror Story Anthology. And following a fire in her home in 1834, firefighters supposedly came upon horrific scenes in her attic, which I don't want to repeat because the stories are so grotesque. Suffice to say, she became known as the Savage Mistress of New Orleans, and tales of her depravity spread far and wide, with claims that there were over 100 victims of her cruelty. Following the discovery after the fire, an angry mob ransacked the house. However, Madame Lalaurie disappeared and her subsequent whereabouts and death are uncertain. The 1939 play, Arsenic and Old Lace, later turned into a movie starring Cary Grant, is believed to have been based on the crimes of Amy Archer Gilligan. Amy Archer Gilligan ran a private nursing home in Connecticut in the early 1900s. In the 10 years between 1907 and 1917, 
as many as 60 people died in the Archer Home for the Elderly and Infirm, including Amy's two husbands, many of whom named Amy Archer Gilligan as the beneficiary in their wills. When police began investigating the deaths in 1916, they exhumed five bodies, which showed traces of arsenic or strychnine poisoning. Her lawyer managed to get the charges reduced to a single count of murder. Amy Archie Gilligan was declared insane and institutionalised until her death in 1962. When I was younger, I remember being both scared and fascinated by the TV movie The Legend of Lizzie Borden, starring Elizabeth Montgomery. The trial of Lizzie Borden for the murder of her father and stepmother in 1892 became a sensation throughout the United States. Although technically Lizzie Borden isn't considered to be a serial killer because she was acquitted due to lack of evidence and the murders remain unsolved, the trial inspired many books, a ballet, an opera, and the children's rhyme, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. More recently, the movie Monster, starring Charlize Theron, depicted the life and death of Eileen Warnes, who murdered seven men during the 1990s, resulting in her being labelled, perhaps incorrectly, as America's first female serial killer. It's hard not to feel sympathy for Eileen Warnos when watching the film Monster. Her childhood and life were filled with abuse and trauma, and while she originally claimed all the murders were done in self-defence, before her death by lethal injection in 2002, she supposedly recanted that statement. In the Oliver Stone movie, Natural Born Killers, the character of Mallory Knox, played by Juliette Lewis, is apparently based on Carol Ann Fugate. While Carol Ann maintained her innocence, she was convicted as an accomplice of Charles Starkweather, who went on a murder spree across Nebraska and Wyoming in 1958. Their crimes supposedly inspired not just natural-born killers, but other movies such as Badlands and California with Brad Pitt and David Duchovny. They also feature in songs by Bruce Springsteen, Icky Blossoms, Billy Joel and Church of Misery. In the film... Like Eileen Warnos, the characters of Mickey and Mallory Knox suffer significant child abuse. However, not everyone who's experienced abuse as a child grows up to become a serial killer, which is one of the reasons we're so fascinated by them. So what causes someone to go down that path? Attendees at the 2005 FBI Symposium ultimately agreed that 
There is no single identifiable cause or factor that leads to the development of a serial killer. Rather, there are a multitude of factors that contribute to their development. The most significant factor is the serial killer's personal decision in choosing to pursue their crimes. Hmm. What do you think? Well, we'll probably never understand what motivates women who kill, like Lucy Letby and the numerous other known female serial killers throughout history. One thing is certain. They tend to target the most vulnerable people in society and someone who's familiar to them or who they have a caring responsibility for. If you're interested in finding out more about this complex and very confronting topic, Marissa A. Harrison, an Associate Professor of Psychology at Penn State University, released a book called Just as Deadly, The Psychology of Female Serial Killers earlier this year. Marissa Harrison's book includes 27 case studies of female serial killers and helps to shed some light on this misunderstood and often overlooked area, as well as debunking the long-standing myth that women are incapable of committing such crimes against others, as awful as that knowledge is. And that's it for another episode of Doing It to Death. Now, I'm going to ask you to please do one or all of the following three things. One, leave a review or share this episode with your networks. Two, join the Doing It to Death Facebook group and let's continue the conversation over there. Or three, send an email to info at embodiedconnections.com.au with any comments, feedback or suggested topics for future episodes. Until next time, take care and thanks so much for listening. Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? Oh, death, Oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year?